with your mindset on a goal. I am a dreamer who will follow her soul. You need the traffic lights to know which way to go. I trust in my heart and in the way the wind blows. But somehow magnetic attraction had led to despair. We were lost like a magnet repelling the Hey guys, we got a really unusual show for you tonight, which I think you're going to like. I'm going to find it very interesting myself. I wanted to get a chance to talk to somebody about lost history. And there's a channel on YouTube called Old World Exploration, singular exploration. And it's, you've probably been hearing if you've been watching the internet for a while, people talking about this concept called Tartaria. And it's the idea that there was an old civilization, but not very long ago, like a few hundred years. And it was really advanced, and it got wiped out suddenly. And there's a lot of questions about where the people went. Some people are talking about um, a bunch of orphan kids being left, in which case, where did the adults, where did the parents go? I haven't heard any good, uh, really solid explanations, maybe some theories mostly unanswered questions. And a lot of these buildings that exist way beyond the capacity of current architecture and construction to match, uh, people just walk by them and walk in them and out and don't notice anything. And that's kind of a, a common theme now with us being as unconscious as our rulers want us to be. And one of the things that we're being unconscious about is what these amazing structures uh, that old world exploration talks about where did they come from what are they what were they originally used for um what do they mean about our concept of history you know because most of the people are saying they're from the last few hundred years and built at times when the technology wasn't even close to being able to do that but if there was some advanced group constructing these buildings by techniques we don't know about where do they come from and how do they fit into our picture of the last several hundred years or a thousand or a couple thousand or more? Uh, there's no place that's obvious to put them in. And it's a important question because the implications for who was there, where did they go? And more than, more even than that, who are we? Are we really the dumb, helpless, you know, little insignificant beings that our rulers are telling us we are now? Um, the obvious answer is no, but it, it's not a academic question how much we really can dig up of that and then use it to expand who we are into our forgotten normal state. That's going to have an impact on the future of the life on the planet. And it's going to have an effect on which way we go right now. The, you know, agenda that's being pushed all over the world. Uh, toward destruction or 
the opposite and some opportunity to really have this place show its potential. There are people think that the world was created and designed with the potential to become heaven on earth, not the opposite like it is now in many ways. And we're going to get some hints about that by talking to the owner of Old World Exploration, Chris, who wants to remain anonymous for various reasons, and he's going to be audio only. So I just wanted to come on video for a minute and tell you, pay attention and share this as widely as you can, because it's important, not just in the uh, area of architecture, but in the implications of what it means for humanity, for who we really are. And there are clues here to uh, the potential for our future. And we have to be wide awake enough to notice what they are. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, let's go talk to Chris and let me know what you think. Richard at LostArtsRadio.com. Welcome, you guys. This is Richard Sachs on Lost Arts Radio. I've got a friend, Chris, here from Old World Explorations. And I know it's going to be really traumatic for some of you to hear this, but I have to tell you, everything we've been told about history may not be entirely accurate. I know that's very traumatic to hear, and all of you have total blind faith in authority, and this may shake it a little bit, but you'll see what we're talking about in our discussion with Chris, and he's one person who's gone into exploring what really is behind the history that we've been told and the clues that it's really not accurate. And what I'd like to start out with, uh, Chris, if it's okay with you, is just so people get introduced to who you are. How did you get even interested in this subject uh, to get into checking out what's true and not true about history and then going further into what may actually be uh, the hidden truth behind what, what we're being told. How did you get to that point from being just a regular person? Well, um, I have a background in the building trades, mm-hmm. um, especially in the finishing end of, uh, of the building trade. So I've been into doing the fancy stuff for quite some time. Um, so I suppose that led me to the interest in the architecture and the visuals that, that we'll be going through here. Okay. Um, I've also been an alternative researcher, I suppose you could say, for a, for a good 20 years, and I thought I'd seen most of what's out there to see. Mm-hmm. And I would say about two years ago, I bumped into the old the whole World's Fair um, right. f- phenomenon, and it really kind of sh- it put me in a state of shock. Um, just just the just the realization that how how could I have missed this for one thing, um, and uh, and how vast the subject actually becomes once you start to look into it. It's amazing. And and I want to approach it tonight from the point of view of newcomers who just stumble on the station and say, what is this guy talking about? Let's, let's do it, you know, introducing it for people who don't already know about this kind of stuff and take it from that point of view. Yeah, yeah. It's the general overview, I suppose, is uh, that... Um, you know, we, when when they say history is a lie agreed upon, um, I think we take it as sort of. Uh, I don't think we understand how big that lie really is. Um, what I've discovered over the last two years is uh, um, distortions in the timeline of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, almost everything we've been taught in con- the conventional systems has been skewed, um, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, and. Uh, 
that our true history has been hidden from us intentionally, I think. So what we're going to be looking at tonight is clues that indicate that that's the case, right? And then, of course, the next step would be, what is the truth and what are the implications of it? But we can get into that afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can you see the uh, the picture I have here? Yeah, why don't you tell us what that's about? So that's a shot from the 1893 Chicago World's Fair, the Columbian Exposition. Um, and you can actually see in the in the, the grandeur of the architecture here, um, having a, having a real feel of what we might think of as ancient Rome, what we've been taught to. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just this is it's uh over the top, I guess you could say, if you when you look at this. Now, you said eighteen ninety three, right? That's correct. Yeah. In in what city? Chicago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this I think is the one of the main doors to this subject matter for people who have not uh, looked into any of this. I think this one really blows the lid off the deception. And now we're told a lot of these structures um, were made from uh, staff, lath and staff, and, and were temporary structures. Um, but when you look a little further into it, you see that, that it's uh, not possible. That's not possible. You can't, you can't hold the banks of, of water with, with temporary structures. You said it was made from what? That's a term that most people won't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they call it lath and staff. It's uh, like a plaster with, uh, with a backer. Um, uh-huh. temporary structure um it's i think it's part of the official narrative to, meant to diminish the uh what we're looking at here um and to explain away a timeline the timeline on on this uh chicago world's fair um is a two year build and then uh, the, the fair was open for about 6 months and then they uh they uh destroyed it and this is not just a, wow. not just one fair this happened all over the place as you look deeper into the narrative it uh, it really becomes overwhelming yeah, that is incredible especially the destruction part yeah i mean in 1893 what kind of construction technology were they using uh, well that's the question really you know it's uh what what did they, what means did they have at their disposal? We're told they didn't have any any type of power tools really, unless you count some sort of steam contraptions that right. that will allowed for in, in the historical narrative. Wow! But when you look at structures like this, there's no nothing temporary about this. How many people are walking over this bridge? You can you can tell there there's a there's a permanence to the uh, um to the architecture. Is this is it still Chicago? This is yeah. Everything right now will be the Chicago World's Fair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if you don't mind, I I could uh, I could play a short clip explaining a little bit more about these fairs. Yeah. Do the full show. I'm really interested. Okay. This is a five minute clip, and I think it's a good synopsis. Uh, sure. Go ahead. That. Okay. You can never find truth. All you can do is find false, drop it, and get rid of it. And eventually, when you can't get rid of any more false, what you're left with is the truth. How much false can you find? And there's lots in history. And I was looking around the Internet and came across the images of the 1893 Chicago World Exposition. And it blew my mind because it looked like ancient Rome in the middle of downtown Chicago. And as I looked at it further, well, here's another one in Philadelphia. Here's another one in St. Louis, in Buffalo, in San Francisco. And then as soon as they were done, they tore them all down and threw them in the garbage. That just told me there's something wrong with all of these 
the story of the expositions is, is a gigantic lie. And I think it's so huge of a lie because I think they're right at a bridge point when so many things about the 1800s that seem strange and weird, right as this sort of period ends of unbelievable strangeness, and all of a sudden these fairs spring up all over the world with impossible buildings, buildings we're talking about, which are colossal structures. Chicago built 700 acres of fair in supposedly less than two years. St. Louis built 1,200 acres of exposition buildings. One of the buildings in Chicago, the manufacturer's building, would house 300,000 people. There's a giant statue in the middle of the lagoon. It was called the Golden Lady, and it was known as the Statue of the Republic. It was 65 feet tall. They say it was covered in gold leaves that have copper underneath, but others speculate it was actually made out of solid gold. So you're talking 65 foot high, potentially solid gold statue. We're talking giant structures and looking like ancient Rome with towers and domes and columns and the most fine, ornate pieces to them in these record, unbelievable times. Then as soon as they're done, chuck them in the garbage. Like Jackson Park is a swamp. So supposedly they had to drive down tens of thousands of wooden stakes in order to support the weight of everything. They dug out massive lagoons, lakes. They had a canal system that ran through the entire exposition. They also had an above-ground electric train. An electric train. Well, where's the electricity coming from? It's running around the park. They had a moving walkway down by the shore. Not enough people are asking, where does this technology come from? Just to frame it. If I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Fair was the first time people had seen electric light. Tesla's the one who got the uh, electricity contract for the Chicago Exposition. And it was certainly more than all of the lights anyway that were in New York City at the time were at the Chicago Exposition. Now, it must have been mind-blowing for most of those people who had only seen gaslight or candlelight at night to see that city lit up in such a way. Again, count the ways, 1901. We are told, whether it's true or not, the idea of being able to electrically do anything hasn't been around that long. And this fair is bizarre. This is supposed to be Tesla's fair, where he managed to somehow move electricity from Niagara Falls to Buffalo for the fair. No one's really explained how he actually did that. Uh, and at the middle of the fair is a 395-foot-high electrical tower, on top of which, of course, is a female golden statue called the Goddess of Light. And this thing was lit up by some suggest half a million electric light bulbs. Again, when you look at the photos of this thing, it's just, but where do they really get the power from? I mean, think of what it would take today if you had a place with no electricity and no way to pipe it in, the generators that would have to be built. For example, there's a building that went up for the Barcelona Exposition in 1888. It was claimed to be the fastest built building in the world, 5,000 square meters, capacity for 2,000 guests, 600 rooms, 30 apartments, and it was supposed to be built in 53 days. This is supposed to be a time of horse and buggy. The two-year building times are actually impossible unless the two most likely theories would be either A, they had a technology that they're not supposed to have, and it really was built in that time frame. Even if they built them, they had to build them out of marble and stone in record time, or the buildings were already there. They'd been there for hundreds or thousands of years, fixed up, refurbished, repainted, hence the term whitewashed, which is the term that was used for the Chicago Exposition, which was paint all the buildings with this brand new spray paint that they had just developed to spray paint all the buildings in record time so you couldn't tell if anything was old or anything was new. How long did these things tend to stay open? When they built these things, supposedly over two years, which is the narrative, how long were they there for oh, six open months. Six months for the public to come. And then what was amazing, for example, in St. Louis, two days after the fair ended, they brought in a demolition team from Chicago with explosives and blew the thing up. They actually used dynamite to blow it up, and they say 
through it in landfills. Things like the World Fairs shows there was a time in our past, and even not that far in our past, where humans seem to be at a completely higher level. Human living and human knowledge were constructed into the buildings using cymatics, using sacred geometry. These fairs, they're so important to study because the history that we know right now as history was invented at the time these fairs were going on. One of their underlying nefarious purposes was to teach a historical narrative to the population that they were supposed to believe and agree with. And scarily, the world we're walking into today is in some way has its origins during the time of these fairs. Wow. So who was talking in that video? So that would be Howdy McCoskey. He's a researcher himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done quite a bit of research on this in the, in, in, well, a couple of years ago. That's a fairly old clip, actually. But uh, that was my introduction to this subject matter. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things that's really amazing about it is... Uh, the people just walking around, nobody standing there saying, what is this? How is this possible? They're just walking around like shopping in a mall or something. And we're seeing a lot of the same mentality today. People walking around, nobody notices that uh, we're being sprayed with geoengineering and all kinds of amazing things are going on, which are not normal. And people are just going about their day and looking forward to the next Netflix movie or whatever they're speaking about. Yeah. I mean, well, so this field of research really gets into the concept of a reset, which is what we've been, you know, this relates to the time we're in right now. Right. Um, And part of the reasoning for why I think this is entering our consciousness, because I do believe that's, that's what's happening. It's just, it's almost like a veil is lifting over this uh, subject matter is that we're being, called to remember um, that we have been reset in the past and we need to prevent it. This time. Are, there, are there any pictures of the construction process of that Chicago World's Fair? Well, it's interesting because um, when this research first came out on the, on the World's Fair, I don't think there was all that much. And it, it seems that the amount of construction photos have increased um, over over that duration as people have researched this. I don't have any, and I, I wanted to use the World's Fairs as a as a launch pad to the rest of the research. Um, right. I don't want to. I don't want to stay on it too long because it has been, um, it has been sort of the bone of contention, and it has been uh, focused on to 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 discredit this research, this old world research, and this phenomenon. Mm. So I just wanted to use it as a launch pad to get into. Um, more of what I get, what what I look at on my channel, actually. Okay, okay, sure. So we'll say that's the introduction to the subject matter. And so, so what he what he talked about in that video, um, he mentioned timelines, building timelines, and that's really what stuck struck a nerve for me. Um, we're looking at um, explanations for so many of the old world buildings that, um you wouldn't be able to complete in our modern day in the timelines that we've been given for many of these uh, structures. So the historical explanation or the explanation for how these things, how long they took to build um, falls flat on its face. And that, that was one of the main things that drew me into the research. If you were given a crew and modern equipment told to build that in two years, 
think that you would have an interesting response to that assignment. Well, so yeah, my my suggestion is initially you would be laughed at by any contractor out there because they would tell you it's not possible. Um, and much of even even given uh, an open ended timeline, much of what has been what you're seeing in these structures, mm-hmm. um, we just can't do today. I don't think we have. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if we have the. I don't want to say imagination. Maybe I feel like this is from a previous. Like this is a place where we were as a humanity that we've fallen from. Right. That's what, that's what I feel like. But the question is, how long ago were they really built? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which which we don't have an answer for. But I, I definitely think that. Uh, um, well, if you do some of the research too, um, you'll notice there's a whole a large um, volume of these buildings going up all over the place, uh, particularly North America. It is all over the world, though. But my focus has been on North America because we are supposed to have this very young timeline, and it's easier to right. uh, to illustrate that, uh, uh, you know, the hole in the narrative, I suppose you could say. Um, most of these are, cred- or, uh, are said to be have been built between 1870 and 1920. I would say that's that time period where... All of these were thrown up, mm. and uh, at the same time, the population's booming in all these cities. People are just moving there, moving to all these cities and droves. Um, industry is, you know, taking off all over the place, and uh, and power and uh, electricity is just just becoming um, coming into our knowledge. Um, yet you have buildings like this, you know, that look like they've been standing for much much longer than uh, we've been told. Has anybody checked the real age? Uh, I don't know how that would be done, to be honest with you. It's difficult with uh, with um, dating methods. Is that what you mean? Archaeologically, yeah. Mm, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I know people have questioned a lot of the methods that have been used as far as that goes, too. But I think there is uh, an active um, obscuring of these uh there's not a willingness and openness to do that type of research, especially in academic circles. Let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I have here is uh, this file is just a, uh, what I consider to be old world buildings from all over, um, all over the world. When you when you look at a building like this one in Australia, mm-hmm. for people that are not really tuned into architectural issues and construction. What do you see in that that makes it impossible that it could be done right now? Um, well, the design of it, I think, would be very, very difficult. Even to draw it on paper, mm-hmm. I think, I think would be uh, would be quite a tall, tall order. Um, but you can see we're in the horse and buggy era here. Um, so this is the, the mode of transportation that most people are using. There's also also rail cars in almost every city that I look at. Um, it doesn't really matter where I look. This was this was a typical mode of transportation as well. Okay. But uh, getting back to the building. Um, well, first of all, the building materials and the way they fit together, for me, um, indicates an exceptionally high level of skill. What is that, brick and concrete? Yeah. So, so a lot of the um, a lot of the materials that they used. Um, either have a brick core or the brick is exposed. Um, or if they, a lot of them look like they're stone, but they're actually some sort of concrete veneer made to mm-hmm. look like a stone. Mm-hmm. 
like a like a polymer almost and i think they do the statues and and decorations in the same type of uh material what about the material that they make those domes out of uh it's a good question i think uh I have seen it uh, in metallic form. You see a lot of copper domes. We're probably all familiar with the um, turquoise or teal-colored copper domes. Right. Um, and that gets into the whole harnessing of energy that's, that the old world likely um, was utilizing. Um, I've also seen it as stone um, or or, or uh, clay-type tiles. So all sorts of different... It's hard to tell what the material is in, in this picture. Mm-hmm. It's hard to picture the crews putting it on, too. Well, you have to imagine the amount of scaffolding that would be required. Um, the, there's timelines involved with that, too, setting up scaffolding, taking down scaffolding. Right. Um, none of those things have been factored into um, the timelines for, for m- many of these buildings. And that's what really drew, drew me to the research. I, I, you know, I get to the point where you're almost laughing because... Um, not enough information is is the is my response. Yeah, yeah. we have not been given enough info. <laughs> so you're just finding all these mysteries with no answers. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then when there is an answer, the answer is insufficient. It's, right. It's uh, leave me alone. Almost, it's a it's a bare yeah. bones answer. Yeah. Let's talk about something different. That's right. Yeah. And, and then even look, so here you see the streetcars. Now that, like I said, this was uh, this is an interesting part of the old world narrative as well. Um, apparently, many of these uh, streetcars, rail lines were set up um, all over to be pulled by horses. Was the original intention? Now, why you would ever want to construct um, a rail line for horses to pull? Uh, is beyond me. It makes no sense. You think a horse would, would you'd want a horse to be able to roam free freely upon a street, but the original, apparently the, the the original part of this narrative had horses pulling these until electricity came about, and then they were transferred over to to electricity. That looks pretty heavy for a horse to pull, actually. Absolutely, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless. No. Unless you you fit it into a lot of the old world research, which suggests that what they're doing is um, reclaiming old technology that was utilized by the old world civilization. Um, that goes for steam as well, steam power, uh, steam trains. Also, I believe it goes for uh, dirigibles, limps, air travel as well. Mm-hmm. All all modes of transportation that were uh, taken away from us. And if uh, you could see all these shapes appear, the domes with the spires and the cupolas, mm-hmm. I, I am suggesting, and, and many others have suggested as well, that what they are is actually docking stations for air travel. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Hindenburg put an end to that, and that was highly publicized. And uh, you mean by, by exploding? You mean? Yeah, of course. Right. It's an un- unsafe mode of transportation, never to be used again, really, or rarely to be used again. And we got down to the airplanes and um, a combustion engine and all that type of thing. You mm-hmm. know, the, right. So that's I, I do think that uh, that is a part of the old world that has been obscured from us as well. The question keeps coming up when you say old world. There are people that saying this is only a couple hundred years old, right? Do you have any feeling at this point 
whether it's a couple hundred or a few thousand? Yeah, that's that's difficult for me to uh, to nail down. I know there's some researchers in this field um, that suggest that we were we were existing at this higher state, you know, of being. Let's say, like, if we're building stuff like this, this is, I think, an indication that our consciousness is operating at a um, a higher level of uh, a high, higher appreciation for for beauty. That's for sure. Right. But, um, some people have said that about 500 years ago or sometime um, between now and 500 years ago, we we were invaded and uh, overtaken, I suppose, um, by, by a parasitic force that still is in control here in this uh, reality. The whole world, you mean? Yes, yes. So we were attacked at, at a cataclysmic level. Our realm was attacked. Much of it was destroyed. What we're seeing with all this is really just the uh, is the remnants that was left behind, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting and uh, resonates with me. Um, certainly, uh, with the parasitic uh, um, takeover, I think that's quite evident when you do the research. To be honest with you, and they're saying maximum time five hundred years ago. About five, yeah, about five hundred years ago. They're they're saying that this uh, this um. Um, occurred and uh, since then we have been on a trajectory um, laid out to us by this parasitic uh, um, force I guess you could call it um, yeah you know if that if that timeline is true that means that 600 years ago 700 years ago things were really good right mm-hmm. and that calls into question the apparent evidence we've got of a thousand years ago, things just being kind of ordinary. Well, if you, yeah, if you think that, uh, this, these entities invert everything, they call it the dark ages. Right. (laughs) Maybe it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. Maybe we've been given what we consider historical evidence that's made up. Well, because I do believe they, they, they have inverted our history. And made us, may, diminished us through through that. They make us feel weaker and smaller, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, and divisive, and all these things by feeding us a false history, because it really is the root of who we think we are. Well, if we believe we're helpless, then we let the rulers continue. Exactly, but if we come to a realization that we're we were we are capable of much more. Mm-hmm. then maybe we take our power back. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. That's why I'm drawn to the research as well. I find it very empowering. You know, there's a, there's a real aesthetic beauty to many of these uh, locations. Yeah, you know, incredible. Right down to even just the little swirls on the lampposts. You'll see this all over as well. Recently, a lot more people are noticing this, right? I mean, for a long time, you just see people walking by as if nothing unusual is going on. That's right. And, and that really strikes me, too. Like Even myself, like I said, I, I, I researched this alternative research, you could say, for, for a couple decades now and mm-hmm. never, ever considered this as a possibility. And 
and now and now I've been into it for about two years, and I just I feel like the snowball is rolling rolling hard now. And how could you have missed it before, right? <laughs> exactly. How could I have mm-hmm. missed it? Yeah, exactly. And it's realm wide, really. It's not uh, it's not isolated to uh, to any region or location. This Do is you want to say world. anything specific about any of these buildings? I don't really have anything. I, I just wanted to provide visuals as a backdrop. Okay. Um, just for people to look at and to like I, when I first got into this research, the first two, three months I was awestruck and I couldn't stop searching, you know, at once. Yeah. Uh, but I was awestruck. I was almost couldn't talk. And then I get, they finally get to a point where I'm comfortable um, with the possibility of this being having happened and, you know, and then moving on from there. But if it's, it's just, it will, it will definitely set you back. When did you decide that you wanted to approach all this anonymously rather than being known for your full identity? And and what was the thought behind uh, that? Um, well, I started my YouTube channel about a year ago, mm-hmm. just a little over a year ago. Um, I think that's just part of having to do with my employment situation, and maybe I don't want to shine too much of a spotlight on uh, on this. As of now, although I'm getting more comfortable with, uh, I guess my confidence in the subject matter, it's helping me um, become more comfortable with with uh, making that public with right. uh, people I know. My main reason for starting the channel had to do with reaching out. I wanted to connect with people who could see what I was seeing because it wasn't as common in my day to day life. You know, it was ridiculed. It was. Uh, you know, you, you, when you when you get into something like this, you want like minds. You want to interact with like minds. Yeah, exactly. This one that you're showing right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the implications there? Right. Like a lot of that's, the that's a lot of buildings. It sure is. It sure is. And then the architecture, all you know, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look that different from the western ones. Mm-mm. That's what's really amazing about that. You know, a lot of these differences possibly uh-huh. have been a part of the divide, I guess, the dividing of us. I mean, maybe you could think of it in the Tower of Babel sense a little bit. Yeah, except it's not being done by God. It's being done by the world rulers. Well, the ones who think they're God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. They do. Yeah. But yeah. but there's a unity that I see in in all these different buildings that you're showing between Europe and North America and Asia, they look like they're coming from a single culture. Yeah. Or, yeah, definitely uh, um, there are elements that tie them all together. Yeah. Right. And uh, maybe different uh, subdivisions of that one culture. Absolutely. And it is noticeable when you get into places like South America, there's distinct features. Middle Eastern areas, India, uh-huh. very distinct, but, but similarities as well. So it's, uh, yeah, there's some really amazing structures. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Even Belgium. I just can imagine stand. being hired on the crew to build that. Well, you better hope that <laughs> your father and your great-grandfather taught you well. <laughs> I guess so. Somebody, right? Yeah. And, and that was from when, supposedly? Uh, this one I don't have a date on it, but uh, 
I would guess that uh, it's probably 1800s. You'd be surprised too. A lot of uh, a lot of the ones in Europe that you would think maybe go back to back four or five hundred years in our narrative, oh. they don't actually. They actually they all come from the 1800s. They all seem to. So have been where's all the pictures of the construction process? Yeah, right. Okay, so this one does go back. I've just researched it here. 1439. This is supposedly built. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, but there's the whole cathedral phenomenon as well. You know, with uh, with Europe and the cathedrals and right. Uh, the impossibility of the construction of those things, really. Here, I'll show you one from South America, Buenos Aires. Amazing, amazing city. Mm-hmm. This one. Wow. So you can see a bit of a difference in architecture, but similarity as well. Right. right. Yeah. Another thing too is so many of these have been um, destroyed within in the 1900s. Many, especially the 60s. Wow. That, that's an amazing phenomenon. Why would you ever destroy such an incredible building? Yeah, and it seems like they did it before they had the National Register, is that what it's? National Register for Historic Places. Okay. Like a lot of it was done sweepingly before that, before they decided they wanted, wanted to preserve these places. Hmm. It's interesting. Wow. Here's the interior of, of, uh, of a place in Buenos Aires. I don't think it's the same place, but as much as I can show you the exteriors, the interiors will knock your socks off. Wow. Yeah. And, and as a Finnish carpenter, I can't even fathom <laughs> trying, trying to do anything like this. And I don't know, I don't think I know anyone who could fathom where you would begin. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Let me show and the precision, you know, and symmetry of everything is like it was done, printed by a machine or something. Well, there you're. I think you're uh, you're getting to, getting to it now. I think uh, there's a there's technology here that we can't really wrap our heads around. I'll show you some ex- interiors if you like. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, well, this is an exterior, but I always find these interesting. This would be in the Middle Eastern. The mosque um, region of of the world. Okay. If you want to get into the religions of the world too, I think they're much more recent than we've been told. False timeline has been um, applied, I think, to give it more weight in our uh, minds. Again, that historical timeline deception. This is just my musing, not just mine, but this is. I agree with that. I think um, they divide us along these lines as well, the religious mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. So, and there've been lots of religious wars. Exactly, exactly. You might like this one. This be the Fox Theater in San Francisco. I don't know how well you can see it, but you can get a sense wow. of the detail and the size, the internal size. Absolutely, ceiling height. <laughs> they tore this down in the early '60s. Wow. How weird. I mean, why would they ever do that? They'd have to make believe it was falling apart or something. That's a large part of the narrative. Is they say it wasn't going to stand the test of time. A lot right. of times it's development. They'll say, we need parking lot. <laughs> believe right. it or not, many of these are, are turned into parking lots. Wow. Mm. It's a real shame. Awful. Yeah. This is in India. 
but beautiful. It is it's, amazing. <clears throat> oh, what what kind of coloring is on that? I would love to know too. And how? Look, look at the the rainbow going through here. Wow. Yeah, the level of detail, like you said, like a printing. Yeah, yeah, the symmetry is like that. There's no, like again, I, I, coming from a building standpoint, there's no filler panels. There's no pieces that don't make sense. Everything collides with everything else wow. perfectly. It seems it's like some kind of artwork. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible, and it has a resonance, doesn't doesn't it? There's yeah, a, it's and cool. I. Like a harmony yeah. to it. I think I, I think that's why I encourage mm. people to uh, to explore this research because I think it's actually unlocking something within us as we look at this and appreciate it for what it is. Right. I, f- I really feel like that's the case. Incredible depth. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we can go and a lot of these. This is obviously a Europe. Um, Maybe the Louvre. I don't actually have it. I should, but you can see the level of detail with the paintings and the sculptures, right? Yeah, and that the painting would have been done in place, right? Yeah, it has to be, and it's curved. which means you're doing it upside down and curved. That's hard on the neck. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So my, uh, so I mentioned that this parasitic force. I think they took control of the power centers of our world. And they claimed all this for themselves. They they stole it. They're, I think they're thieves, and they they can't create this. They don't. They're they don't appreciate beauty. They can't create it. I think they hoard it, but I don't think they appreciate it. You think I they think, stole it from where? Well, they claimed these places as something that they had built or built themselves. Oh, I for, see. For instance, Louis the Fourteenth had this built for whatever you know. Right. They've they've distorted it all. I, that's how I see it. I don't think that they had anything to do with the construction of these places. This is Al Saleh Mosque. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I have such a large volume of uh, visuals. <laughs> I probably could condense what I'm showing you guys even more. Um, I probably probably should have uh, done that. No, that's fine. It's really interesting. Yeah. Although I think what's missing is, unless it's not accessible, pictures of the construction process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you found any of that or not? I have uh, found some. I'd have to dig around a little bit to find uh, some construction photos. I've. Hmm. Do they look fake or do they look believable? Yeah, there's, there's definitely, they definitely look fake. I think I can dig something up for you if you just give me a moment. I'll put this on, sure. put this on a slideshow while I'm, while I'm rooting around. Okay. Just for some visuals. There's definitely fakery going on with uh, with these construction photos, and, and like I said, people are noticing it, especially people who've been in this research mm-hmm. for six, seven years. They're noticing. It uh, keeps keeps hitting me about the symmetry mm-hmm. and perfection, and well, uh, yeah, for example. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know. Wow. It's overwhelming. It is. And how many thousands of people have walked through these places and not noticed anything? That's right. Yeah. I I just I honestly don't think we had eyes to see. I don't no. I don't know. I don't think wow. it was. Yeah. I see why it got your interest. 
Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, the the coloring that was used, especially if they're old, is a whole subject in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And because that's such perfect uh shading and coloring of all this stuff. How is it done? It almost looks like uh the color is in the building material. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's on the surface. I know what no, you're saying. No, especially if it's old. It looks new. No, I'm looking for... Well, any of these you want to tell us what they are? Yeah, this is this is a train station, I believe, St. Louis. I, oh, no, sorry, Washington, D.C., that one was. A lot of them I don't know off the top of my head. Some of them I recognize. No, my... Uh, my other screen is a little bit uh, giving wow. me a little trouble, so I don't know if I'll be able to find a construction. Photo. Okay, that's okay. But the stained glass in this one is incredible. Yeah. Should I slow it down again here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny because we have this understanding that the cathedrals of Europe, um, we have no problem believing um, those were built in a what, 100 years or 200 years back and 400, 600, 800 years ago, right? Like, for some reason, we're, we're able to accept that. But uh, um, these many of the buildings, even the state capitals, especially the state capitals, actually, in the states, um, looking very similar, but they're saying they were built in one, sometimes one or two years. It just it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, may have a. If you were contracting a job like that, number one, you'd have to ask for enough time, but number two, you'd have to say it's not possible to do it. Yeah, it's just it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It, in fact, it so obviously doesn't make sense. It's laughable. I tend I tend to laugh a lot yeah. the, when I. Do I, I think the number one thing that hits me on this is the perfect symmetry. Yeah. How are how are humans going to do that with hammer and chisel? Exactly, and scaffolding, and yeah, you know. And the funny thing too, the narrative on a lot of these places is uh, is that um, criminals, um, inmates, built some of these state capitals. Slaves. It's amazing you know. the skill set they had, huh? As criminals. Yeah, I, I suppose. It's it's absurd. Okay, I do wow. have a I do have a construction photo for you. I've managed to find one. Okay, good. Okay, so we're going to jump over to the Saint Jehoshaphat Cathedral in Milwaukee. Let me just show you what that looks like. Here, here's a better photo. Wow, this is mm-hmm. Saint Jehoshaphat Cathedral. Um. Ridiculous. Apparently, the parishioners built this in the late 1800s. Early in 1900s. their spare time, right? That's right. Uh, Polish Catholic community in uh, Milwaukee built this cathedral. <laughs> um, let me show you a construction photo. So this is what we're given as a construction photo. And what you can see as you get a little closer, first of all, that looks... I don't know what that's supposed to represent exactly. It's just the shape of the dome for us. Right. But as you get closer, you can actually see the tampering of the photo. You can see these. Oh, you mean the the picture is fake? Yeah, the pixelating. It's doctored, right? It's been, it's been, uh, and I think these have been 
doctored in recent time. I don't think these these are, you know what I mean? They're, they're showing yeah. up yeah. more. So Somebody wanted to see how it was built. Yeah. So I think uh, why the fakery? If, if you find one fake, do we have to assume there's only one, or do we assume that there's an actual something going on here to obscure the truth of our past? And that's, right. that's, that's where I fall under. I'll show you the inside of this one really quickly. Just in case you thought that symmetry was only Jeez. overseas. You know what I mean by the symmetry aspect, right? <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So it's, mean, it's, it's perfect. Like it's, it's stamped out on some really advanced technology. Yeah. Like you're trying to construct an arch and make everything meet in the right pl- right place. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, you can't, it's very difficult to even fathom. And how do you make an arc perfect like that? Yeah. And then once you've completed that, you're going to put paintings in, in every opening. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, San Francisco is a real, real hub of, uh, of the old world, I would suggest. A lot of these buildings there. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I, I bring that up just because. The, the narrative around San Francisco is ridiculous, and I, I should have a file handy, but I don't know if I do. Apologize for that. What's the narrative? Well, the narrative is what the gold rush. <sighs> yeah, eighteen fifty. Forty niners, is it eighteen forty nine? Yeah, when they were not not drinking in the bars, they went out and built the buildings. That's right, and you see, like you can see panorama views, panoramic views of, uh, um, uh of the scape 10, 20 years later, I think 1870 ish. And it's like completely built out. It's been, it's been done to death in this old world community that, uh, that whole thing. Let's see if I can pull up some San Francisco. And they had their world's fair as well in, uh, 1915, I believe the pan, pan Pacific. In a temporary building. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I should. I, I've been meaning to do a video on San Francisco, but uh, I don't. Uh, I don't have anything handy. So. Okay. Well, what else do I want to see? Where is this one from that you're showing now? Uh, this is still Saint Jehoshaphat in uh, in Milwaukee. But I can sw- I'll show you some World's Fair from. Has anybody ever talked to, like, in Milwaukee, you're showing um, yeah. the, the building department and asking him where it came from? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think the research is that far along, but I think we're getting to that point. Um, I know I get people from a lot of the regions that I feature. So so the way I've structured my channel is uh, I'll, I'll zone in on a specific location. I do. I do focus a lot on the American Midwest, mm-hmm. but, um, North America in particular. And what I'll do is I'll search. I'll I'll search as far hard as I can to find as many buildings that I consider to be um, from the old world, and I'll make a video with that compilation. And I just want to get the visuals out there for people to see. So they end up being rather long videos, between thirty minutes and forty-five minutes usually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think people were, some people were, were really appreciate 
seeing these, especially if they're from the region or if they right. grew up there, those types of things. And this is from your channel on YouTube? On my YouTube channel, that's right, yeah. Isn't it interesting that YouTube does not consider this any kind of threat to have this out there? I wonder, yeah. I I, I wonder how far you can go with it before... Um, I think they probably go by the reaction of the public. Mm-hmm. You know, that right now it's not not really an issue with the general public. Yeah, they, that that could change definitely as we as it gains momentum. Because I do think I definitely yeah. believe it's gaining momentum. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, these are these are supposedly Philadelphia World's Fair, eighteen seventy six. So it makes no sense. They're making. Building buildings uh-huh. like this in 1876. Yeah. There's a real problem with the uh, the timeline, the historical timeline. Right. Right. It's mm. It becomes quite clear as you look at these. And maybe there's a question if there are really any accurate construction pictures, too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as we get into... Uh, the twenties. So some of these structures going up in the in the twenties. Um, there should be almost um, like in depth documentation and, and photography of the construction. Yeah, because theoretically, a lot of money went into building this. Mm-hmm. So it was big projects. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. There's also an interesting aspect to the mm-hmm. old world. Um, having to do with uh, the Great Fires. Have you heard much about? A little bit. Why don't you tell us from scratch on what that's okay. about? Well, if you look into the history of of almost every major city, certainly in North America, um, they'll have their Great Fire. Right now we're looking at Boston, 1872. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this holds true for, I've done videos on Vancouver, uh, Seattle, Portland, Calgary, Baltimore, um, Chicago, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, they all had, uh, Denver also had it. They all had a reset fire, basically. It's almost like a hard start date for these, for the development of these locations. Fires wouldn't destroy these concrete and brick buildings, though, would they? No, no. And, that, and that's the problem with the explanation. Here, here, have some more from Boston. They need something more powerful than fire. Absolutely. You can see how it really ripping these buildings apart and leaving mountains of rubble, brick rubble. That's not a normal fire, is it? Yeah, not at all. It, it, this is, looks like Dresden in World War II. Right. Like this, this is, um, it, so it doesn't make sense. So, so the narrative is that fire burned up all the concrete buildings. Well, the funny part is oftentimes the official narrative is that they'd had wood buildings and they decided to build with brick after the fire. But we're seeing with the evidence here that that's not the case. So that's a problem there as well. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. I'll show you some more. This is still Boston. Okay. But you're right. Yeah, you're seeing... uh, you're definitely seeing signs of devastation not consistent with just fire, fire damage. It's just like the 9-11 story. Yeah. 
falls falls flat on its face. Right. No, no pun intended. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the Civil War narrative also showing similar signs of destruction. Um, yeah, that's not fire damage, is it? No. So this apparently, supposedly, from the Civil War, this is, okay, here's Chicago, another fire, 1871 fire of Chicago. Certainly not fire damage. Hmm. So it's an interesting aspect, interesting part of the uh, that narrative. You know, I wanted to bring it up in our conversation so people are aware of of the the eighteen hundreds and what they're trying to sell us, really. <laughs> right. You know, it's, and it's when what period were all these fires in? Eighteen hundreds, mostly. Mostly between. Well, you have several like places like New York had fires supposedly in the early eighteen hundreds, and then onto the mid, and also into the late. But uh, I think we can throw this definitely the second half of the. Uh, 1800s, right into the first decade of the 1900s. Places it looks like, more like damage from a bomb. Absolutely. So, what what are the implications of that? Right. What can we? Uh, wow. This is Virginia in the Civil War. I am jumping around a bit, but okay. Yeah, but but I I actually lump them together. I think there's. I think we've been giving all sorts of different stories for maybe a singular event or a. Or uh, if you if you know what I mean, like I think that uh, this was part of the taking of the old world is destroying a lot of what was there and claiming it. There should be detailed records of all this stuff. There should be from there the time, be. yeah. But there, and then, but I have a problem also with the ones who keep the records. Um, you know, I think there's there's organizations that have been in charge of making sure. A specific story um, go, goes down through history, so I'm, I'm very untrusting yeah. <laughs> of any of these sources right. myself. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I get I get right into the whole all the secret societies and all that type of thing on my channel as well. And you're talking um, about YouTube, right? Yeah. So I do ride the line on on YouTube for sure, as far as that goes, and that could be why I feel like maybe I'm shadow banned. I'm not sure, but uh, what's the name of the channel? Uh, Old World Exploration. Okay. Yeah. With an S on it or not? A uh, no, no S on the uh, on the YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more phenomenon for the, from the Old World, if you if you like. Yeah, as much as you want. Sure. Okay. Have you heard of Star Forts? Mm-hmm. Yes. But most people haven't, so tell us what they are. Well, I don't really know a lot about them. Um, people that do this research, um, if you if you get into the whole energy grid, so so the old world, um, supposedly harnessing the ether um, of the atmosphere as an energy source in conjunction with water, um, maybe as a cooling source. Uh, and the star forts looking like they're integral parts of this system. And these things can be found all over the place as well. Why are they um, called forts? Well, I think it's because we call them forts now. Because typically, if you went to this location, this is in France, um, they would tell you that this was a fort and they would have a cannon here and a cannon there. And this was set up to defend something. Okay. okay. So it's, 
yeah, we're sort of blending the language, I guess. But um, I think it's it's worth bringing up. I haven't done a lot of research on them, but I think they're interesting and uh, and a part of the old world research. I just don't know exactly um, where they where they lie with all that. There's there's cities in Italy actually that uh, look like this, and people have charted charted paths actually along what you might call ley lines, even or. Uh-huh. Um, where these star forts um, are intermittently um, located, which is interesting, I think. So it's a big unknown. I think it is. I think it's really like well, it's hard to say um, with any certainty, but it's a uh, it's an interesting aspect and very difficult to uh, um, build. Again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, we're talking about we're getting into terraforming. Really, it's. Uh, and even when you get into the canals um, of the old world um, cities, it's really modifying the place that we live, really. To And when you say old world, we really don't know what times we're talking about, right? What dates? No, just the world, as opposed to the new world, disorder. Right. <laughs> that's basically when I use that term, that's what I refer yeah, to. Yeah, the architecture now looks like junk compared to this stuff. <laughs> The brutalist architecture. They right. actually do. They call it brutalist architecture. The new one. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful stuff. Well, it's actually, just... cities are going ahead and buying statues that look as ugly as possible to add to the effect. Well, yeah. And they get, they're getting right into that whole, if you want to call it, satanic aspect. Yeah. It's getting yeah. absolutely absurd. Right. But this is this is yeah. Kronborg Castle. I think this is in Denmark. Wow. Yeah. Is that retaining walls made out of concrete and brick or it's a good question. That you might call it stone. Stone and it, or brick. And it goes down below the waterline, of course. Absolutely. So how did they build underwater? Yeah, exactly. Or did it's, they pump all the water out first and then they, fill it? Or they brought the water in after? Yeah, you can see the even here. This is all artificial, right here. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, another yeah. star fort outside of the star the, fort. The, the out, and that's water all around it, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Ocean um, here looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so the footing goes down into the ocean. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that gets into what is this place really? You know. Um, yeah. If you try to build a footing in the ocean, you have a immediate experience of how impractical that is yeah right how difficult that would be you'd need caisson pilings and yeah i mean even now it would be i don't know how you would do it no it's 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 serious business with serious heavy machinery just to do minor things so again it it just falls flat so there's at the very least are what they're being what they're telling us about history is is nowhere near the truth right so I'll show you a couple more of these. And they really are everywhere. This is in Brazil. Yeah, so you're getting the same shape, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. of course the explanation is um some sort of military purpose. <clears throat> but look at this, this little town. Little what, hexagonal uh-huh. town. Uh-huh. It's amazing, isn't it? Netherlands. Wow. That's in the Netherlands. Yeah. And you can only really appreciate it from above. Yeah, that's and a good point. Brings up the the question: How were they observing the building at that time? Gets back to the air travel we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you know there are helicopter hieroglyphs in the Egyptian 
sculptures. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Cyclical. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in a. I think there's everything seems to be cyclical. Mm-hmm. This is looking straight up above. This is in the Azores, uh-huh. Portugal. Wow. Yeah. It's not even close to a Home Depot, <laughs> as far as I know. There, there it is from another angle. Wow. Azores. This is an island in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So where did they get the block to build those walls? <laughs> yeah. This amazing. Let's zoom in a little bit here. Look at this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The zooming helps. Yeah. Like, how did this? How did this escape our view for so long? I when know. is that one supposed to have been built? I don't know. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure we're probably going back to the 1600s or something like that. But uh, that's a serious, serious uh, structure. Wow. This is in Palma Nova, Italy, this one. I remember, That's what I was talking about. There's a whole series of these in Italy. So again, it looks like different variations on a global theme. Mm. That's right. So again, we can tie it all together. Say so we, there's something mm-hmm. more here, definitely than what we've been told. Right. Yeah. Venezuela. It's an interesting aspect of the old world research. I definitely wanted to to show show the viewers. Some of that's just so much to get into once you open your mind to the possibilities. It's really is never ending. And it's, there's nothing yeah. boring about this research. No. It's so exciting, <clears throat> really. And there's geometric shapes within larger shapes that you don't see instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. What is this one that you're showing us now? Yeah, this is in Venezuela. Um,. I don't know the name of it either. I just uh looking at another file here. So I'm I'm getting to the end of my Starfort file, but I definitely wanted to bring it up. Oh you can see actually let me just add this as well. Um a lot of the old city maps, mm-hmm. New York as well, New Amsterdam mm-hmm. before it was New York, um, have the Starfort shape. Detroit's got a Starfort, I know that. What so, happened to the New York Starfort? Oh, I think it was a part of a, the peninsula, the Manhattan Peninsula, if I'm not mistaken. Now I'm sort of digging into my memory bank on some of, some of my research here, but um, I would think the shoreline has been obscured now, so you wouldn't be able to recognize it as a what we're calling a star fort, I guess. Okay. But these were common um, all over the place, really. And uh, hmm. so there is another aspect of this uh, old world research that I dive into on my channel. Uh-huh. So I mentioned earlier about uh, this parasitic force, whatever you want to call it, taking over the realm in which we exist. Um, I think we, I think there was a, a major cataclysm here. Cataclysm that's difficult for us to understand what happened here, possibly even, even changing our, our reality or our, our dimensional Reality, I suppose you could say. Uh, maybe that goes with our, our and, fall. And you're, you're not talking about a long time ago, right? No, I think this is going back that 500 years, to be honest with you. Um, I and think there's, it's more. There's nowhere obvious 
in the known history that we're told where there's room for a cataclysm like that? Well, that are, so cat- catastrophism has been obscured and, and marginalized and um, ridiculed. It used to be more of a school of thought until uniformitarianism really took over uh, some of the characters of the Royal Society in the 1800s. Charles Lyell, I believe, was one. Him in, in the same circles as Darwin really pushed uniformitarianism and that long historical timeline like to to fall in line with Darwin evolution. What is uniformitarianism? Does it mean lack of a cataclysm? To exactly slow drip. Everything happens slowly and um, over time. So okay. that's where we get the uh, concepts of slow erosion, um, wind yeah. erosion, water erosion, and these explain away much of what we see in the realm. But it wasn't always the dominant school of thought. Catastrophism, we are told, was. Uh, was was taken over by uniformitarianism by these royal society secret society um so the pre- the previous approach must have had a whole different history i would think so and then the suggestion would be that uh this thing this can these types of things can happen in very short periods of time and so where is that history now did they destroy all the records I, I do. I think it's been a constant. I think that's when we're getting into things like colonialism and uh, um, the fur trade, um, the expansion of the Vatican throughout the realm. Uh, I think that's part of that mission is to destroy any evidence of uh, anything contrary to the new uh, mantra, I suppose. It, it for- seems like they've done a really good job. Yeah, it does. It does. And of course, you set up the schools, right? And you. Right, you make sure everybody falls in line, and and uh, I mean there there are a number of people researching this kind of stuff now, and I haven't um, heard of any of them finding any written records of what really happened. Yeah, I think they've done a a, a very good job, of course. Right. Well, there's a there's an aspect of. Um, Oh, it doesn't take long. I think like several generations to wipe wipe the uh, wipe the memory clean of a people, right? You know, and then if you look back at well, supposedly what what happened in our in the last century with the two world wars, you know, and, and the multiple wars before that, and really wars all the way through right up until a modern day right now, it's yeah. an er- erasing of culture and erasing of the past, right? Right. Right, and then you just re-educate the, the, the victims, the captives. The, the educational system is teaching people don't question anything. Of course, yeah. The critical thinking is, is out the window. Yeah, that's a domestic terrorism, basically. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. I was, okay, let me, let, while we're on that topic, because I think this, uh, this goes better with what we're talking about right now. Um, you're, we're talking about how can you erase erase memory of this past. Right now, we're looking at an asylum. This is where, in Louisville. Where, where Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Wow, that's an incredible yeah. building. Yeah, and this is this is a drop in the hat, really, for what existed. I'm going to roll through. I uh, just want to give the viewers a sense of the asylums that existed in the 1800s. What I suggest are hijacked oh, buildings. Wow, wow, and I. Uh, if I have the location, I'll tell you. But I okay, don't. okay. But most of these, all of these, should be from the on the continent here. Here, you have Athens, Ohio. 
so what what are these places used for now um many of them have been torn down many of them are decrepit you know haunted house type feature places before they get torn down uh-huh. okay but most most of them are gone but we we were talking about how can you erase memory of the past um this is a great way to do it if anyone who doesn't fall in line with the new history and the new world well right you're crazy you better go in the crazy house yeah you know anybody now they're taking it to a new level and anybody who's got remnants of being rem- remotely sane is considered racist and crazy <laughs> oh yeah they're they're trying to wrap up wrap it up and put a bow on it yeah you know, that's what it feels like this is australia but again australia these are all asylums right all old world buildings that were taken over and repurposed um as asylums i would i suggest in my research and during during what general period uh most of what you're looking at here again is that same half century between 1850 and 1900 they were supposedly built some of them going for, going back fairly far to the 1850s and w- and they must have had a lot of people they classified as insane at the time. Well, yeah, it's it, some there's very, a lot of rooms in a building like that. Very strange stories. Thousands of people for communities that have ten thousand people. You know, right? And then when did they close it, and where did they all go? Yeah, great questions, right? A lot were closed. I think was it the sixties? I thought JFK had something to do with the closure of many of the asylums. I'm not sure on that. But I think they refined, I do think they refined the pharmaceutical end of it to a point where they didn't maybe need to house people. That's, that's my, my musing, but. Or uh, else they just transitioned into a society where basically everybody's insane. <laughs> and you don't have, yeah, you don't have to keep the insane in anywhere. Right. Yeah, that's, it's that's much, a, much more efficient. That's a good point. The world becomes an asylum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Definitely a, a dark part of uh, this this narr- narrative and uh, a really ugly part of our history. But the um, history is erased. That's right. Because right. I don't know where you would read about that. Yeah. Well, no, anything to do with an asylum, if you look it up now, you're going to find ghost stories. Right. Um, and, he's, you know, that's all you really hear about it. Some sort of some some Hollywood movies, they've, they've touched on it. But it's really a, an aspect of our uh, our past that people don't really want to get into. I would think somebody would be questioning it. Yeah. Well, there, so there's this part of the the narrative, the the asylum part. So anyone, my suggestion is anyone who's holding on to the beliefs of the old world and the memory of the old world um, is not embracing the new world, is institutionalized, mm-hmm. abandoned by families if they have families. The other aspect of that has to do with orphans, orphan trains. I don't know if you, you've heard much about. Yeah, tell, tell us what that's about. Well, there was supposedly a distribution of thousands of uh, hundreds of thousands of orphans um, throughout the continent um, in the 1800s, and they, right again in the same time period. Um, if you, as I do the research on all these different locations, um, they all had orphan asylums or orphan homes. And uh, it was very common um, to um, the whole concept of orphan. Even if you think of our lit- literature, um, Oliver Twist, Annie, um, a lot of the literature from 
from that time really has to do with uh with orphans so i think it was a common common place much more commonplace than we'd, we we would like to believe and it, and again if you think of, i don't know really anyone who can trace their lineage back much further than 1850 to be honest with you which is an interesting aspect so you're of you saying the, the genetic companies that are trying to use that as an excuse to take people's dna uh they don't do it much before that either uh, oh, you're talking about the 23andMe and all those type of things? Yeah, all of those guys, right. Well, first of all, I don't think they're giving any sort of accurate representation. So if you're doing 23andMe or, or whatever you want to call it, it's, uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen videos of people doing it with their animals and getting back all sorts of ridiculous, uh, oh, okay. So it's, I, I wouldn't trust it for one thing. Plus, not, what, not extremely reliable. No. And uh, I think uh, giving up your DNA is probably a bad idea anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, it, it it is almost like they're trying, anyone who's got questions about their past, because they don't know their past, uh-huh. they're, they're like providing a false answer maybe to, right? Maybe some people are looking, are looking for it. People yeah. are looking for their past. You know, there's a common element between the global collusion that you're describing that would be necessary to, you know, keep all this hidden with the degree of global collusion of the rulers now is way beyond what people imagine. Absolutely. I think, I think if you, I think we're, I think if you couldn't, you can't see that you'll have trouble with this research. If -hmm. you can't see that right now, it comes out immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people see it now that didn't see it before these last three years. Um, and then maybe that's why this research is catching on, because they're willing to accept yeah. that level of control over us. It would be necessary mm-hmm. in order to do all the stuff you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. There's no que- There hasn't been a question in my mind for years that, uh, yeah, we are not at the top of the ladder on the, in the, this place. Right. This is an incredible complex you're showing. Cook County Hospital, Chicago. Yeah. Wow. Really, you know, massive structures. Cupolas, right? So there's nothing even close to this degree of architectural mastery in the, after what year, like 1920, 1930, something like that? Uh, I, okay. So as we get into the 20s and 30s, we get what they call Art Deco. Which still has a bit of that uh, flavor. It's got the statuesque stylings and a bit more detail. Okay. Um, World War II, I think, is this the hammer. I think World War II was the destruction of much of the remaining old world in Europe. Not just Europe, but other locations. It was a world. So not just um, stopping building more of it, but destroying what was already there. Exactly. A double whammy. Destroying many of the locations that uh, are dead giveaways, really. And uh, But there's still a lot of them that are highly suspicious, like cathedrals and stuff like that. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But if I if I showed you a, a file on, for instance, uh, Berlin, uh-huh. pre-World War II, and let's see if I can take it up. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jaw-dropper again, right? This, wow. Here. Let me Let me pull up some Berlin for you. I think I, it, it's the same as the reason that they're not banned on your channel is they'd say, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right they're now, not, it's, they're not worried about that. 
It's silly and absurd right now. This is yeah. What is this place? This is so. These are all shots of Berlin. Um, I'm going to roll through just to give you an idea of some of some of pre World War II uh, Berlin before the bombing. That's right. That's right. And many of them didn't survive down through time. Right. But amazing. I I I think uh, Bavaria, what, what we're calling Germany now, uh-huh. was a was a serious um, old world. So we didn't mention the the word Tartaria. The term Tartaria. Yeah, that that needs to come up because uh, a lot of Online channels are talking about it, and it's yeah. not really clear. There's not a uniform definition of what that means. I know, and I don't have one, and I'll I'll, prov- I'll provide an explanation for that, I guess, too. Okay. Um, so I use the term "old world," but you could use the term "Tartaria" to describe the research that I'm sh- I'm showing people. Um, Tartaria technically was supposedly an empire um, in the area of what we now call Russia, um, eastern area mostly, that was looks to be looks to have been scrubbed from our history books, but people have discovered it if you look look at um encyclopedias maybe from the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Was it um, global and just centered in Russia or was it just Russian? Okay, so so the term Tartaria um or Tartary Tartary uh, was it in that air region of Russia. When okay. we use the term Tartaria we're using that to um, explain this global civilization. Um, so there's confusion there, right? Some people say, well, Tartary was just an area of Russia. We're using the yeah. term. Yeah. Tartaria is trying to explain that there was a global civilization. Um, maybe like Atlantis, too. I, I tied it in recently in one of my videos. Our concept of Atlantis was like a previous civilization that fell. Have you read the Emerald Tablets by Thoth? I haven't, no. Uh, maybe years ago I did, actually, uh, briefly. But uh, That would be interesting to see your reaction to that, because that's all about Atlantis and the Egyptian civilization after that. I'm going to dive into that, definitely. <laughs> um, there's, I think there's parallels with, with our concept of Atlantis and Tartaria and what I'm calling the Old World. Um, and I think timelines, again, have been obscured. I think what we think of as ancient Rome and uh-huh. ancient Greece... Uh, many of these ancient civilizations, I think a lot of that is timeline distortion. And what so, we're so maybe they're not as old as we think. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Well, there is there is a concept in this field of research having to do with uh, um, a thousand year um, thousand years of time having been inserted um, by the, the Jesuit scholars, Vatican scholars, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's it's amazing that would be possible and nobody would notice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You well, you'd have to you'd have to genocide the planet. You get rid of the people that notice, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what they did, and have been doing. Right? So, it's, and they're it's really not, interested in doing that again now. And I think for a similar reason, maybe our we're unlocking something in our uh, awareness. And I think I really feel like this field of research is a large part of them losing their grip and. Uh, in all sorts of areas, I think, but this is this is what I've chosen to focus on, I suppose. Yeah, the architecture is a reflection of what we're talking about, really. Yeah, yeah. Wow, what is that? Yeah, this is in Berlin. I wish I had the name. It might be the Rathaus or the... Yeah, I'm not sure. But you can... So the ornamentation, the statues, you can see all the statues up there. Uh-huh. 
Um, really amazing stuff. Let me show you an interior here. Check this. Oh out. man! Wow. Look at this. Look at this. Incredible. All right. I don't think they're building stuff like that right now. Uh, well, and if they were, what would they be building it out of? I'd like to know what this material exactly. Is. What is it? It looks like looks like sculptured concrete or something. Yeah, it's almost got a shine to it. And these are, these are protruding from the walls, like right. How would you even hang it on there so it would not fall down? It's amazing. It's amazing. And wow. It's, and it's everywhere. Like it's really. They they talk about the Gilded Age in uh, the states, um, right? Newport. Newport Beach, is it? Newport Beach, Rhode Island, and all the Gilded Age mansions. And they really downplay it as like a, um, a gaudy period that's best, best forgotten and overlooked, right? But it's, well, that looks kind of like a big greenhouse. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're calling this a train station. Uh-huh. But actually, there uh-huh. are, there are quite a few what they call crystal palaces, um, that you would definitely classify as a greenhouse. Um, I've come across. I don't know if you've heard of the Crystal Palace in London. Let me pull that up. No. Okay. This is this is actually worth a mention because um, many researchers cite this. This is an 1850. I think it was the World's Fair in Crystal Palace in in uh, England. I shouldn't say London because I could be off by a couple a uh, couple miles there. Um. But this, a lot of people say, was the trigger moment for the new world um, that they wanted to create for us. Was was the here? Let me just pull this up. I'll bring this over. Okay. Wow. This is the Crystal Palace of eighteen fifty-one in England. And that's what, what is that regular glass? Yeah, this is glass and, and steel or iron. Okay, so it's basically like a greenhouse. Exactly. A massive greenhouse. They have uh, trees trees inside or what? Yes, they did. Yeah, I don't I have seen pictures. They'd be scattered around. But uh here. You're getting some ideas here. Well, you can tell how big it is by the size of the people. Yeah. 1851. Let's let's keep that in mind. Uh, right. So no, nobody's questioning anything. Yeah. Apparently, this is uh, this is the the British royalty taking taking over the realm, basically. And this was like the coronation of that uh, that movement. That's what a lot of people think in this field of research. Okay. But it's uh, let's see if I can get a. A larger version of this, so you can see depictions. Right, it's a very silly narrative. This one too. It's apparently they moved it, like they yeah. took it apart and moved it. Uh, and they set it up somewhere else. Shouldn't be a problem. Huh? And then it burnt down in eighteen in nineteen thirties. It burnt. It burned down. How would a glass and steel building burn down? Very carefully. One of the trees exploded by mistake. <laughs> it's absolutely absurd. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the this is worth a mention too because a lot of people will 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 cite this as the uh, beginning of their new world. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's so much. There's so much that you can uh, 
you can get into in this research. It's, it's intoxicating in a way, you know, it's it, hard not to let it, uh, you know, sweep over you. Yeah. You they, kind of, they demolished some of it, but they left a lot. So, uh, as far as that goes, I think because they, they couldn't create a completely new realm. They needed to use, um, they didn't have they didn't have the ability to create Again, well, I think and I think they're just not worried about anybody finding out because like we said what are the what are the peasants us regular people going to do about it yeah they're we confident don't even, we don't even know what it means that's right yeah I think they're confident in there that everything was going to work work out for them right and you me- you mentioned that um Keeping people unconscious and feeling helpless is really critical. That gets into the question of consciousness. And they're clearly not worried about us really waking up, or else it would all be banned online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they probably have, they probably know there's a percentage that, uh, but until, until it gains a certain amount of momentum and then they you know, go into panic mode, I think. Probably. Maybe, yeah. Well, that'll depend on whether there's something that the conscious ones actually figure out to do about any of this stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of my theory of that? Potentially it, it, it uh, is unlocking a memory, maybe, or a feeling, or a resonance. The What is unlocking a feeling? Uh, as we look at the architecture. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's really clear. Yeah, this stuff can't be done by modern techniques. No, or then, modern yeah. tools or technology. No, that's how I feel. I, I, even right down to the symbolism, a lot of us we sort of, uh, you know, we we if we get into this research, we really start to to dislike their symbolism. But I think they hijacked a lot of the symbolism from where. Uh, well, as far as um, crests, even like coat of arms, crests, yeah, e- even the even the s- religious symbols, the cross, um, the star, star of David, I think we call that. A lot of people have done research. I shouldn't say a lot of people, but people have done research suggesting that those shapes were ideal for harnessing the ether. Oh, in other words, it's not just symbolic. No, you can no. actually do things with it with electricity and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And they've managed to distort the symbolism, and yeah. And now we're supposed to think that that aspect doesn't exist. Well, of course. Yeah, no, that's a big painting. Where, <laughs> yeah. Where, where is that? Mm. What is it? Konig, Konig. It's in Berlin. We're still okay. in Berlin. Okay. Yeah. There's uh but it, again, you look at the way all these places are set up. There isn't a square inch that's overlooked as far as detail goes. Right. Right. So it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. It's the I kind of thing that you would think would be done by computer graphics now. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, like we use, uh, in the industry, we use um, CNC machines now for really, really fine work. What is that? What is CNC? Uh, uh, computer, I should know the acronym. We basically punch a, something into a computer and you get your, uh, say you wanted a fancy mantle mantelpiece made out of okay, wood. Right. And it has the router attached to it and it'll CNC. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. That yeah. way you get the symmetry. That's and, right. And you don't get the mistakes. But you still have to install it and that's usually where the mistakes come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. 
I don't know. I could go on and on with all this stuff, but, uh, you know, I've got probably 10, 20,000 pictures on my computer from all over the world. Wow. And keep making YouTube videos. And I really, I really am just inspired to get the visuals out to hopefully get people thinking and get people interested. And I do. I get a lot of feedback from uh, viewers, you know, uh, telling me, well, for instance, I have a, an electrician say, oh, I do a lot of work in the basement of the Des Moines Capitol building, telling me details about these structures that I'm showing them, you know, and it just adds to the, the depth of the uh, the research. So it's really rewarding in that way to uh, to make these videos. I really, really enjoy that part of it. What's your, what's your objective, would you say? Um. I think those two things really like I, I think about it a lot. Like, how do I refine my objective? Right now, it's it's about getting the visuals out there in a packaged form for people who don't have the time or interest to do the research themselves mm-hmm. to share what I'm finding, and then to, the feedback is also a large part of the, my motivation. What do you want people to notice? Um, that we're being lied to. That we're being lied to about almost everything. And uh so somehow we've got to take it to the next step, which is okay, we're being lied to. What's the reality that's being hidden? Yeah. It's it's a good point. Um I think it starts with that realization that we are being uh we've been we're being deceived on on almost every level we can think of. You know? And yeah. uh and yeah. if we if we come to accept that, I think you and I have are there. Uh, but yeah. if 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 the if the majority of us can come to accept that, I think we can really get somewhere. So, what what would happen if the majority realized that? Well, hopefully, we can turn and the table. It depends and, uh, on how helpless everybody feels, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, empowering is important. Feeling empowered. Yeah. Because uh, if you're feeling lied to and that there's nothing you can do about it, yeah, that's one outcome. But the other outcome is well. How do you, in, like you said, how do you become personally empowered? Not just in a belief, but for real. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose this research is, it, like I mentioned earlier, it helps. It, it empowers us in that it makes us understand that we're much more than we've been told we are. It also reason. opens up the possibility of bringing back not hell on earth, but the opposite. Exactly. You know, because the powers that be right now are clearly working toward hell on earth, in my opinion. Uh, I completely agree with you. And we are the resistance spiritually. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we, and, and this is my way right now, the, the best way I could think of to counter that, that hellish reality that, that they're yeah. trying to. I mean, you're bringing up images of beauty. Yeah. That did exist. It hasn't, it's not a theory. It, it it's really there. And I you know some people in the field of research say, "Oh, it was giants. It was aliens. It was." I, I know. It's like it was us. It was us. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I look at it. Like we're not. We're not garbage. It's familiar. It's very familiar. Look at look at the shape here. Incredible. Yeah, we are not garbage. That's what they want you to believe. Yeah, it's it's going good. I mean, we learned in school that we're garbage. That's right. And we that's learned right. from the media that we are, and then we have to. You know, give up everything connected to nature and. Yeah. We learned from Darwin. Darwin that we have to destroy our neighbor if we want to survive. Right. Whoever's the best is the best killer. That's right. Basically. (laughs) 
Yeah, all, all Berlin, uh, and and really targeted too. There's a lot of questions with the with the wars, the two wars. It took them two wars to destroy what they wanted to destroy. I think in in this area of the world, France too decimated. Yeah. England also um, bombed into the, oblivion. There's a theme of that going on more and more. The the war in recent war in Syria mm-hmm. has seen a lot of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's and there's a lot of uh, old world structures and in that part of the world as well right yeah feeling more ancient there but again i think when we look at you know that sort of uh eroded look what we call eroded things that look a lot older we think of them as a lot older i think they're just more damaged they they received a harder impact uh, at this point of cataclysm Uh, Mm -hmm. even even to the point where i think places like the sahara were, were created in during that cataclysm Right, because there are maps of of North Africa, with uh with cities scattered all throughout the region of what we now call the weather was different too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sahara may not be as old as we think. Exactly, exactly. And I've also mentioned the Great Lakes having been formed through some sort of cataclysm as well. I, I, mean, mm-hmm. I had a video on that. So there's so many. We have once we question everything. Like I said, nothing boring. You know, that's supposed to be the foundation of real science. And I have to be careful what I say about that because you want this to be on YouTube and not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. But you can tell by what's not allowed what elements are really being focused on right now. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, We just have to put our trust in it, right? Trust in in what? (laughs) That science. Real science, you mean? That's right. Real science. Not the political kind. No. No, what we're told now is science is is completely crazy. I mean, it's not just randomly crazy. It's in, engineered to be crazy. Yeah. It's engineered to make sure that nobody thinks outside the box. It, it reminds me of that metaphor of uh, the fisherman on the pier fishing for crabs and the crabs that fall for his uh, bait on the floor of the ocean. He pulls him up out of the ocean, throws him in a bucket, and they're alive, waiting to be boiled when he gets home. And the, the crabs are in there, and they're piled up. And if one tries to climb out, the other ones pull him back down. Yeah. They pull each other down. That's what we're doing here. There's you also, get, yeah, there's a version of hell there as well. There's a, I've heard a parable where people pull each other back down. Everyone's trying to escape it. Yeah, it's not a sign of incredible intelligence, actually. No. No. Mm-hmm. What if what if the crabs, meaning us, actually work together? That's right. We get out no problem. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the biggest narratives right now is all the reasons we should fight with each other. Yeah, the the, the, the dividing lines. They want us divided along all yeah. these different lines, and. Uh, I, and and that's why again this research is so important. And we realize no, we weren't cavemen. We weren't bashing each other's skulls in. We you know, a lot of these wars they said, these reasons for us to hate each other mm-hmm. are concocted. It's divide and conquer. So you mean you didn't evolve out of chance from an amoeba originally and just turn out the way you are now? Just fluke, just a long series of right. flukes over a very, very long period of time, unfathomable, unfathomable period of time. Complete coincidence. Everything's a coincidence. 
Yeah, that's right. It's absurd, actually, when, well, you, when, you, when you put it under the microscope. So besides the uh, theme of the incredible symmetry, when you look at a building like that, now I, it's really you know striking the, the lack of real construction uh, pictures. Yeah. You have completely built-out cities wall-to-wall. You know, you have thoroughfares with bricked streets, bricked-in streets, perfect curb work. Right. Um, you have just, those trams. Just moving the bricks in that you would need to do that is a huge project. It's unbelievable. And then the rail cars, uh-huh. they're supposedly not to, didn't come in until the late 1800s, but those streets look like they've been there for hundreds of years. Right. They look old. So there's there's massive holes in that. Uh, so that. somebody got rid of, and there were pictures because you're showing pictures. So somebody got rid of all the certain kind of pictures that showed how they got there. Yeah, I think there's been an active effort to uh, to distort a lot of this. But again, it's it's well, so part of my theory on this too has to do with um, the volume of visual evidence over the last decade available to us has increased yeah. um, exponentially because everyone's got an iPhone for one thing. Right. And grandma has a box of postcards in the attic. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They put them on Facebook. Wow. What, so what, thought, what is this that you're showing now? Oh, uh, I wish Reichstag. This is the Reichstag. Yeah. Is it's, that the famous Reichstag where the fire was? I do believe so. in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I, I think there's a, an inform a race here with these visuals. I think we're in, we're in a bit of a uh, visual battle. You know, because of before because they all get destroyed, you mean? Uh well, I think that I don't think they can do that. I think that the cat's out of the bag. Like I said, it's online now and it's they're always just playing catch up online. All they can censor as best they can. Yeah. yeah. But I think the volume it's is too not keeping pace. Mm-mm. And can't keep you say it's a race. What do you mean by that? Well, they want to censor and they want to. So, like with the, the censorship, right? I don't think the yeah. censorship just has to do with, uh, you know, the events of the last three years, let's say. Well, I think, and, and in general, all the, all the aspects of the agenda are moving faster and faster now. Mm-hmm. So, whatever we're going to do with this information and build on it and take the implications and basically change our own level of awareness of consciousness that should be done soon it has to be there's a lot of cataclysms that are planned right now and some are in motion yeah and, and well, it'd I mean, be much better if they don't happen that's right and, and even like they're trying to like in canada here they're trying to move to censor what we see on the internet much like what yeah, we think canada's in intense situation right now with the government there that's right yeah it's a, it's they're, they're full steam ahead with that agenda for sure Canada and Australia and some other places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So con- you're right. The consciousness changes quick enough and for real, and people realize how stupid it is to just hate each other. Then yeah. uh, the people within the system who are ordered to carry out the genocide could say, no, I don't think we're going to do that. No, it, it just come to the... Uh the realization that it's it's not in our best interest in anyone's best interest peaceful mass non-compliance right yeah and that that you know we saw it we saw it work 
in the recent past, at least at least a bit of a pushback. Uh, last year, I would say there was a bit of that going on. We had our convoy up here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And you remember the uh, story from World War One about the Christmas truce? Uh, yes, where they played soccer on Christmas Day. Is that right? Uh, they actually the, the they were the style of fighting at that time and place was in these giant trenches that were dug out, uh-huh. and they would sit in the trenches and shoot each other and use artillery to blow each other up. And then when they all died, they bring in new people to kill after that. And on Christmas Eve, I forget what year it was. I'm not sure exactly, but um, the I think it was British and Germans facing each other from different trenches came out of the trenches in a truce and exchanged Christmas presents that night and lit up Christmas trees and sang Christmas carols together. And then the commanding officers got found out about how bad that was, and they ordered them to start killing each other again. Wow. But they did it for one night. Wow. That could be done now. It could, yeah. Yeah, just some, just need a spark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's what these buildings are about, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm happy to be uh, able to provide... Um, what I found and with with the interest I have behind it. I have I definitely have the fire behind you know, the research. I really enjoy it and yeah. I, obviously I get excited talking about it. So I think that's great. It has to be if there's no emotion, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. You know, that's where the power is. And humor too. I, I, I laugh a lot yeah. in my videos. I think it's we I laugh at them. They're they're just a shadow, really. Right? I right. think. Of the magnitude of the whole thing that they represent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think what what they're telling us is there's a forgotten normal state that we all have forgotten, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is bring it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to cast off their their deceptions, and then once their deceptions are are gone, I think it's self evident. Yeah, self-evident. I found the same thing in the health field. I think what we're told about so-called normal aging and degeneration is uh, not normal. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, that would explain what we're looking at here. Also, like I don't think you would be as focused on this type of beauty if your life pan- lifespan was maybe as short as we. I've been told it is. I wonder if there's a correlation there. As well. Yeah, I mean, the lifespans that we're told now are just, I mean, they remind me of biological fruit fly experiments in the lab. No <laughs> time. Interesting. It interesting. takes a, takes the first hundred years to just get your bearings in this place. It reminds me of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They had slightly more normal lifespans. They had time to build beautiful things. Yeah, exactly. Develop skills, yeah. Yeah, and they they appreciated beauty as a value in itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have a uh, nine o'clock appointment. Okay, so I wonder if we should. You got four minutes left. So, um, anything that you want to tell people who are interested in following your work or your channel, or um, well, if you if you go to my channel, mm-hmm. uh, I do have a list of um, of other YouTubers that do similar research. Some get much more in depth in different areas. And okay. if, if you find this stuff interesting, definitely give them a look as well. Cause there's a lot to, lot to get into in this research. And is, uh, there, is there a website or is it primarily the YouTube channel? All I have is the, is the channel. 
right now. So I have old, to... old world exploration. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a great channel. I appreciate that. Thank you. I hope you come back and we'll go into this some more in the near future. Oh, I would love to do that. I'll, I'll put together a, a presentation and uh, we'll see we where have, it goes. We haven't used up all, all your material yet, right? Not at all. I've okay. got I've got a lot of it. So, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris. That was great. And we're giving you two minutes to get ready for your next appointment. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, you guys, that was Chris from Old World Exploration on YouTube channel. He doesn't really have a major website, as he said, but the YouTube channel is really worth looking at. He's got a lot of material. And the main thing is, you know, it's more than just a curiosity. This is really huge implications for not only our past, which has been forgotten and wiped out to a large extent, the evidence of it, but... um what are we going to do for the future? You know, it's not somebody else. It's in our hands. And it's it's all down to, are we going to remain as unconscious program zombies following the mind programs to fight with each other and have division and hate each other? And, you know, which always means we hate ourselves at the same time and just waste our opportunity to make life here into something incredible for current generations and for the future. We have that opportunity. Excuse me, and I think it's really clear that we're being given that to see what we'll do with it right now. And really, it's you. If you follow what you learned in school, what the media is telling you, blind faith and authority and all these things, you know that you're insignificant and have no meaning and have a really, you know, low nature and just a dark being and no potential, and it's only the rulers that will keep you safe from your own uh, fragileness and take care of you and tell you how to live your life, and that's the direction that they want us to go. What the clues that Chris has been talking about and these incredible buildings that are just, as Doug pointed out, totally mind-blowing. It's not just for the mind-blowing experience. It's supposed to be a hint of something important and who are we you know that's like a really really important question and a theory about the answer is not going to do anything what what it requires is two parts getting a hold of a knowledge of who we are a feeling of who we are who we were and what we can be in the future even here while we're in, in the world physically and then taking that connection to that feeling of who we really could be and who we were, who we've always been, and living it, becoming it. That's the that's a challenge really. That's the challenge. Otherwise these clues go for nothing. And it's just mild entertainment to look at the buildings. This is much more than that. So watch it again if you need to. Share it as much as you can because I think Chris's work is really great and there are other people working on this too. Uh, you can communicate with Chris through his website. That's what I did. And um, I hope you get a lot out of it because main bottom line, yeah, these old people who built these amazing structures were incredible beings. But that, you know, they're related to you. <laughs> You're like that too. So if we just throw off the mind program of limitation 
and make sure what you're carrying around is not that you're helpless, that nothing you do can work, you know, kind of a negative affirmation of it, of your life. You want to drop that stuff and you don't have to create the opposite. The opposite will flow in if the barriers and false beliefs are dropped, mainly of the, all the things that are impossible. So <clears throat> to me, it's a reminder to not lose track of that stuff. And for the uh, YouTube people and that I've been apologizing to every week because we all get these, you know, people that I think will be great uh, interview subjects and then we have to save you from them because it would be too distressing. Some of the stuff that is the most powerful is not being banned. And this is one of the, one of those examples. So, uh, Doug encouraged me to use the phrase from who was that lady in Ghostbusters who was the secretary of the original Ghostbusters? I hope she forgives me. I don't remember her name. But when they finally got a customer of somebody who wanted a ghost busted, they said, we got one. And we actually got a video that we can show you. No apology this week. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, share it with everybody that you think would like it too. Remember, all of our stuff is on lostartsradio.com and our work to actually move on what this is implying and work on, you know, say, okay, we're incredible. We've got this nature that's been forgotten that could turn this place into something amazing like heaven on earth until we leave here. That work needs to be done and there's a lot of people all over the world approaching it from different perspectives. What we're doing for the consciousness work is on planetaryhealingclub.com and you're welcome there if you are at the point where you want to start actually doing something with what this implies. And it always starts with working on yourself. You know, the thoughts and the emotional patterns and the subconscious beliefs that we're carrying around that are controlling our lives that are not what we think we believe. They're what we really believe on a deep gut level. And they're not always the same. So working with that, changing the inside changes the outside. And it's not just uh, some kind of a new agey kumbaya belief. It's been shown to happen just like in... uh, the explanation that Dr. Cousins gives of the World Peace Meditation that we have on Sunday mornings now. Worldpeacemeditation.net is how to get in touch with that. Uh, Planetary Healing Club is to take those clues and use them in your own life because that's what matters. We want you to experiment and experience the most benefit that you can possibly get out of these things. That's what's really behind it, not just curiosity. So I hope you can benefit in some way. Uh, sign up for our newsletter if you're not on it already. That's a way that we're we're starting a new substack. We've got a few posts already done with it. I'm trying to put another one out by tomorrow, uh, maybe even tonight. I've been hampered and delayed, as I explained in the new post. It'll be up soon. And if you want that, uh, there's no cost. It's at, to make sure I get it right, newsletter dot lostartsradio.com newsletter dot lostartsradio.com and we Doug even set up a store that is new on our site it's uh, I think it's store dot lostartsradio.com and he can correct me on that put a link down below if I'm not right but all of this stuff can be found 
at lostartsradio.com and for the actual work, planetaryhealingclub.com. And that'll link to the Substack too. And the newsletter will take you to the Substack. Um, so anyway, I appreciate getting to finally share with you an interview that happened and is okay for you too. So hope you appreciate that. Hope everything's going well for you. I'm very thankful that you're part of our family and audience and uh, have a good night and hope you enjoyed the broadcast. We'll talk to you soon. Your mindset on a goal I am the dreamer Who will follow her soul You need the traffic lights To know which way to go I trust in my heart And in the way the wind blows But somehow magnetic attraction Had led to despair We were lost like a magnet repelling the passion right out of thin air And I was gone Tell me what's it gonna take to bring me back home And what's it gonna take to walk that vulnerable soul again We were just two hearts passing, honoring our souls I hid my true feelings way down deep and below You believed we were on a pathway up the road But I was swept up in someone's eyes that behold We once shared our
spare my soul again.